Hey friends, this is Heather. I have two fun announcements for you today. Did you know that we have our very own Abiding Together shop filled with very cute mugs, t-shirts, prints, stickers, scripture cards, and much more? Michelle has designed most of these items and they each reflect saints, quotes, and inspirations that have been a part of our podcast discussions over the years. A couple of my favorites are the Quit Talking to the Dang Snake t-shirt, and our coffee is the Eighth Sacrament mug. This Easter, we'd like to highlight the Saint Story cards that would be great for your Easter baskets. Michelle created these in collaboration with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal and our Sunday visitor. They feature Saint John Paul II, Mother Teresa, Saint Teresa of Lisieux, and Saint Francis of Assisi. These story cards offer a new way to learn, pray, and play together while deeply reflecting on your own journey towards sainthood. You can order these using the code ABIDE10 for 10% off. Just head over to abidingtogetherpodcast.com slash shop. One more little announcement. I just finished writing a book called Abide, A Pathway to Transformative Healing and Intimacy with Jesus. It's now available to purchase through Ave Maria Press, Amazon, or you can check your local Catholic bookstore. This book asks questions like, what if God's promises are real? What if we truly could live the abundant life that Jesus is offering to us? Through my personal stories, scriptural truth, church teaching, and practical tools, you'll be invited to break through the barriers that prevent you from trusting and experiencing the deep love of Jesus, and to be transformed by the freedom that comes when we vulnerably bring our entire selves to Jesus, the divine healer, restorer, and miracle worker. You can use code ABIDE22 at AveMariaPress.com for 20% off today. I hope it blesses you. Hi, friends, and welcome to season 11 of the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement in your journey with Jesus Christ. Every week, I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger, and we talk about all things Christ, about life, about beauty, about sorrow. We laugh, we cry, you'll fit right in. (laughs) So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast, and welcome to Lent, y'all. I don't know, like, Lent, and we've already started, so here we are the first Monday of Lent dropping this episode, so it's been a few days, and so we've had some experiences already, and we just want to give you full permission to ask the Lord to um, redo whatever he needs to redo, so if you need a do-over, like, that's great. We don't have to keep doing the same thing, so... (laughs) Um, but I think we all have different, uh, yeah, we have different visions of Lent and kind of different experiences of Lent. But before we dive in just very quickly, Heather and Michelle, Heather, you got a new puppy. Are you going to talk about your puppy today at all? Yeah, it's a little girl golden retriever. And, and, you know, I was like, she's literally a golden girl. Can we call her Betty White? But my family wasn't going for it. So we called her Annie and she is adorable. We're crazy. I've just realized that I'm like, is this what a midlife crisis looks like? Is that you get a third dog, you know? So it does for us anyway, but we love her and yeah, we're just, we are those people, dog lovers. So she's a sweet addition to our little pack over here and uh, yeah, we're doing good. It's like having the thrill of like new little life, you know, whatever that might be. It's just filled with cuteness and funny little things that they do. So yeah, it's great. How are you, Michelle? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like, okay, Lent. I feel like I've already kind of started Lent before, not in a bad way, just, you know, where the Lord has me in the season that he mm-hmm. has me. 
but I'm excited. You know, here we go. It's always fun to a different liturgical season, mm -hmm. just the changing out and the intentionality of Lent. We all mm -hmm. start strong. Let's see how we do. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. really excited for this Lent because I have like a few things that I'm looking forward to. Like we have our women's gathering that's happening up here, the, the Palm Sunday weekend. So I'm like right in the, like normally Lent is like, oh, like I just feel like it's like long and we got to trudge through. But there's that. And then we're going to go to Steubenville to Franciscan University for Easter to hang out with our daughter there and be there. Oh, we're going to bring the whole family. So uh, it's really nice this year to have a couple things to look forward to during Lent. But I'm, I'm looking forward to just more than that. The, the big things, you know, I'm looking forward to what God wants to do instead of just trudging through it and checking the boxes, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. Somebody was recently talking about how most of us in Lent, we white knuckle it. <laughs> It's mm -hmm. like, grr, you know, and, and she made a great point. And she's like, what if, what if Lent was far more than just white knuckling, whatever we've decided to quote unquote, give up. I'm like, amen, girl. Like, yeah. amen. <laughs> That's so true. So yeah. true. That's very true. Yeah. 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 So dear friends, we're going to use the book, a restore um, that just uh, Heather and Michelle graciously in invited us to do as a book that I wrote recently for Ave Maria Press. So you can get your copy today. If you don't have it, you can jump in with us anytime and you don't even need to have the book. Uh, it's, we just want you along on the journey. So if you get it now, if you get it later, even if you don't get it at all, you are welcome at any time. And so what we thought we would do is we're going to talk about the book in sections. So the book is, we're going to talk about over, over, you know, the period of six weeks, but the book is written in sections of, of prayer, of fasting and almsgiving. And so what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about just the overview of Lent. And then we're going to talk about the first section, which is on prayer. And so we'll give you a, a guiding quote for this time and then a guiding scripture, um, which the main quote comes from our, our St. Therese, one of our favorites. And, she talks about prayer and she says, for me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. And our scripture passage for this time, which is um, every scripture passage in the book of Restore, it, all those quotes come from the mass of that day. So whether it's the collect, whether it's the entrance antiphon, it's the gospel or the the verse before the gospel, all those things, it, it comes from all the daily masses. So it's kind of the overview is from the book of wisdom. But you are merciful to all, for you can do all things, and you overlook men's sins that they may repent. You spare all things, for they are yours, O Lord, who love the living. And there's just so much in that. So maybe, maybe, dear friends, as we jump into this um, and we invite our listeners onto this journey of Lent, what what are some of your overall kind of thoughts and experiences and feelings of Lent as we talk about this? Because we all, I write that in the introduction, like all of us have a variety of experiences. Some people love Lent, some people hate it, some people tolerate it, some people, you know, whatever it is, white knuckle it, all that kind of stuff. So what, Heather, for you, what are some of your uh, experiences of Lent and as we enter into this journey again and what, what, what do you find in your heart with the Lord there? Mm -hmm. Well, I remember being a young adult and filled with zeal and just like the intensity of Lent was like, I loved it. You know, I was like, yes, Lent, the harder, the better. And I would choose really difficult things and had this great openness for any kind of mortification I could put myself through, you know, and all of that stuff with, uh, with hopes that it would make me holier. You know, that really was the intention behind it. And then as I've got older and that life gets harder and there's more stress and you have less energy around things. I'm like, I don't, I, oh man, something else hard, you know, to do. So sometimes it's felt like both like an exciting, like, wow, like what's going to happen this land and what can I strip away out of my life that isn't God? And then sometimes I've been like, 
yeah, really not looking forward to it and almost hating the fact that I had to do something else that was difficult and just have, have struggled to, to have the point and the focus right before me. And, it, and it, it's been a battle some lengths. But I think now in these recent years, I'm getting to a place of like really trusting that the pouring out of my life and any sacrifices that I can make, small or big, are really to help transform me into who I am meant to be, but to be more Christ-like because this is what he did. He showed us how to live and in the way that he lived, he he was constantly pouring out his life. Yeah. So now it's it's less about the, what am I going to give up and more about, Lord, what are the areas that that I need to be transformed into who you are? Like to just like strip away the things that are selfishness or you know, all those rough parts of my heart, the places that are hardened in any way. And so how can I become more like you during Lent, which has been a much easier focus to get to get around rather than just like, oh, what's hard? <laughs> how hard can I make it on myself? How about you, Michelle? Yeah, I think for me, this just even this beginning of the year was very anointed. And I think the Lord, it was praying. I was thinking about it because, you know, you know, I'm a big Catherine Doherty fan. And she actually would prepare her community Madonna house or start preparing them for Lent right after Christmas. You know, and I kind of feel like that's what the Lord has done with me this year. I started the year with a long fast at the very beginning of the year. And I'll talk about that more in another episode, but just the power of fasting. But even when I was praying about this year and who like we pray about our word of the year, I also pray like what saints, what scriptures will I journey with this year and go deep into. And the Lord just really brought me to Hannah again. And we already have done that with a podcast episode, but you know, it's so funny, like this, uh, you know, scripture, one thing I love about scripture is living and active, like it tells us in Hebrews, but I am always like, when the Lord brings me back to scripture that I've already been in, I'm like, okay, that wasn't there before. I promise you those words weren't there before, you know? And so when I was looking at the scripture of Hannah and a different way, and it's in first Samuel, and there's a part where Hannah's husband says to her, but to Hannah, he gave her a double portion because he loved her. And then, the, but the Lord had closed her womb and I'm like, okay, that one line, like he's giving her a double portion and he is blessing her. And at the same time, he's taking away something that is the cry of her heart. Like that doesn't make sense mm. to me. So, you know, you know, the story of Hannah, then her rival wife is provoking her and causing her all this stuff. And then her husband asks her the question, Hannah, am I not enough for you? Do you need a son? And it was so interesting when I was looking at it this time, it was like Hannah knew that the Lord had more for her. This desire and this ache was God given and she knew it. But I was like, isn't that like a lot of people, they question our ache and we know that we know that there's something more. And then she goes and weeps bitterly to the Lord, you know, and pours her heart out to the Lord with tears and whatever. And I was thinking to myself, like, what is that ache that I know, that desire that I know that's in me? that the Lord wants more. And sometimes it's not people questioning us, other people, it's us questioning ourselves. Shouldn't I just be happy with what I, you know, I, and it's not that you're not happy, but you know that there's something more. And it says like in verse nine, when you go after her husband says, you know, why don't you eat all that? You know, why don't you eat? Why, why am I not enough for you? Why are you so downhearted? And it says once, this is verse nine, once they had finished eating and drinking at Shiloh, Hannah stood up. And there was something about that. It says, Hannah stood. I just sat there and prayed with it. And I was just really praying or reflecting on just my posture for Lent. And to, so we, until we go before the Lord with no barriers and go before the Lord with empty hands so he can fulfill those deepest aches and longings, that is the strength that he gives us so we can stand. 
you know, and I was thinking about it just as we think about the journey that we're taking for, for Lent. Mary stood at the foot of the cross. Mary Magdalene stood at the birth of the cross. It says they stood. It didn't say they mm. kneeled. It didn't say they sat. They stood. So mm. how do we allow the Lord to strip us? How do we allow the Lord to tenderly take away the things that are blocking us, you know, so we can stand in his love? And just for me, I'm just even thinking about what blocks my gaze, you know, like the beautiful quote you use at the beginning is a prayer. You know, we turn to heaven with our eyes fixed on heaven. What are the areas that are blocking my gaze of his face? Do I just see glimpses or parts of his face or do I see his whole face looking at me, me looking at him, you know? And open hands took it a little bit different way, lady. Sorry, but it was just yeah. Oh, that's exactly. I mean, and that's what the word restore means is to to bring back. And yes. it also the, some of the etymology of the word also means to stand again, literally. Oh, cool. Yeah. No. And so <laughs> you see that that truth of the Lord bringing us back to bringing us back to the truth of, of who we are, and it's just so far beyond what we think. And it's the wonderful ways that the Lord shatters our paradigms and the wonderful ways that the Lord just reminds us the truth of, of who we are and, and, and our aches and our longings and our idols and our self-defense mechanisms. And just, it's so easy to get stuck in those places. And someone was, um, did a little Q and a with a group recently and somebody was on the Q and a was saying like, how do you, how do you have a hard reset after you just been kind of going in a way that's just not bearing fruit? Like, what do you do? And in many ways, relent is like a hard reset <laughs> if we allow it to be of, okay, Lord. And I, I mean, many years ago, I just stopped uh, doing like, oh, this is what I'm going to give up for Lent. And it's a, a really a deep conversation with the Lord. Like, Lord, what are you asking of me? Like, what would you like this Lent? Like, what would you like to give me this Lent? Mm-hmm. What would you, what would you like to talk to me about this Lent? And I think that helps uh, transform uh, our hearts because it's the Lord revealing those places versus me trying to figure it out on my own or what I think I need, you know, which sometimes we have a good idea of what we think we need, but sometimes we don't. (laughs) And so I think that partnership with the Lord of sitting there with him and asking him to, which is the foundation of, of prayer. And which is why like the way that the, the restore is ordered uh, as human persons, because of the rupture of the, of of the fall, the original sin, we're broken. Our, our hearts are fragmented with our, in our relationship with God and our relationship with ourselves and relationship with our others. And so the, the disciplines of prayer, fasting and almsgiving, which we inherited from the Jewish faith are disciplines, D-I-S-C meaning students, you know, allowing our hearts to be transformed into healing, into integration. So we don't do them just to do them. And we don't mm-hmm. do them just to be masochistic. We undertake these disciplines become deeper students of the heart of Christ. And each particular discipline has a healing effect to it to bring us into wholeness and communion. And first of all, being prayer, which brings us into wholeness and communion with God, which allows us the foundation for everything else in our life. Because we, we've talked about this on the podcast so many times of if that's not in order, and it's a it's a lifelong process, you know, it's, but if that's not in order in some way, all of the rest of our loves are, are going to be out of order in a certain way, because that primary place of what the Lord would like to do in our life is, is missing. So that's why we start with prayer always um, and allow mm-hmm. the Lord to, to take us there. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to forget that the goal is union. Like of mm-hmm. all of these things, of all the seasons that the church leads us through of like everything that happens, it, the, the goal is union with Jesus. It's not to just do something hard or have to say no or whip our bodies into shape or our minds or our desi- disordered desires into shape. You know, like we can sometimes have that 
approach to Lent of like, oh, I got to whip myself into shape. Um, I think it's like, what is what is in the way of me becoming more unified with Jesus of my heart? And so the stripping away, like it's even beautiful in our liturgies, how we're not, it says we're not supposed to have like boisterous music. It's supposed to be quite stripped down and sparse, like for, for just more room, more room. And I think when there's more room, it exposes where our idols are. It exposes, like you said, Michelle, where our hands are too full with other things. Like often it's like, oh Lord, I want union with you. But like realistically, when I strip all the things away, I'm faced with the fact that, well, my heart is full of a lot of other things and there's not actually a lot of room for you, Lord. Like, so, so when that's exposed to me, then I have the opportunity to to renounce those idols and to make more space and say, Jesus, actually, you're the king of my heart. And I, and I reject all of these idols that, that I have put in your place and that are taking up room in my life. And I remember listening to this song, I think it's Misty Edwards. Holy cow, is she a fireball? But uh, she's singing, strip everything away till all I have is you. And I remember mm-hmm. hearing that for the first time and there was so much sincerity in her voice, but it was like a, it was serious what she was saying. And I just thought, Ooh, that's a prayer. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make lightly strip everything away. I was like, not many of us. And I, and I just started thinking about myself. I'm like, can I say that in all sincerity mm-hmm. that I actually want God to strip everything away? Because some of those things bring me a lot of safety and secu- uh, false, you know, false sets of safety or security or comfort or whatever it might be. And I'm like, when those are stripped away, then I'm faced with all the places that I don't trust God. Mm-hmm. And that I'm actually not in union with him and my heart might be actually far from him. And so, yeah, this journey of Lent is actually this amazing gift where it's like, oh, here's an opportunity for me to strip things away so that I can be more deeply come into oneness with the one who I am made for. And mm-hmm. and um, what a gift it is, you know, instead of something that's like, oh, I got to do Lent, you know, what a gift. Mm, it is. It's so beautiful. And Lent even means spring. And so it's a time for almost like spring cleaning, you know, like open up the windows, you know, open up the doors, let the fresh air in, like allow the fresh air of the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. And Heather, like, I love what you said. It is, you know, the whole idea of prayer is union with the Lord. The whole idea of restore is to turn around, you know, and repent, which means turn around and to look at the one that is gazing upon us, you know, that is what it is. And, um, I love St. John the cross. And he says, what prepares the soul to be united with God is the desire for God, you know, and he tells us that he desires us more than we're even desiring him. So he's coming after us. And, you know, one of the scriptures they use con- that we use in Lent is, you know, I will in Hosea too, I think it's 14, but I will allure her and bring her into the desert and speak or the wilderness, either one. And he said, and I will speak tenderly to her. And I will allure her and I will bring back hope to her. So this time of Lent is this intimate time. It is a time with you and the Lord, but it's the time for, I really feel like the Lord to restore our desire for him and our true desires of the heart and take away anything that's disordered. And so seeing it as a fear, I think almost sometimes we approach Lent through the eyes of fear instead of the eyes of love. Mm -hmm. So even the areas that are disordered, He is saying, no, 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 no. Like, this is my desire for you in this area, but you've twisted it. So if you please just hand it to me, I can make it, you know, I can make it so much more beautiful than you can ever dream or imagine, you know? And it's like what you said earlier, Heather, it goes back to trust. It -hmm. goes back to really trusting he is who he says he is. I love it. There's this quote from St. Catherine Doherty that I always read every Lent. It says, 
Preparation for Lent begins with desire. Desire is like a flame. It starts small and it grows. We exist to desire the desired one. That is God. Lent is a moment, not only of desire, but of healing and touching. How does one get this great desire? The answer is always the same. Prayer, fasting, and mortification. But prayer is a very simple God, I believe, help my unbelief in the prayer. God will send faith, and faith is the match that kindles desire. What can bring me to desire God? Two things, finding someone who desires him and praying to get that desire. Yeah. And I think that's what the Lord is asking us. He's already desiring us. Will we allow him? We will allow ourselves to desire him even more fully. Will mm-hmm. we put ourselves in our presence? You know, so sister, like, how do we do that practically in this, this season of Lent? Yeah. And I think what we're talking about today is even if you might be finding as you're listening, just different places of your heart where you're like, okay, I want to, <laughs> I want to look at that or, and, 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 and amen. Yeah. And amen to that. And I think asking the Lord to, to open our hearts there to what our desires are. And in the first week we talk about in the book about covenant, right? About the covenant of belonging, which is the relationship that defines everything in our life. And covenant is what allows the, uh, our, the fullness of our hearts to come out because Jesus will never forsake us. He will never mm-hmm. push us away. He will never disown us. He will. And so that gives us the safety of, of all these things to, to come out. And so just to invite us, uh, during this time and there's in, in the work or in the book restore, there's tons of space for journaling, uh, in whatever that is in the book or in your own personal journal or in your time with the Lord, just to invite, first of all, invite us all to be very honest, right? To be very, very honest over and over and over again. And because that honesty is going to allow the Lord to come into these places and to uh, allow our hearts to be transformed. And so, yeah, just thinking, you know, my own heart of like what the Lord, yeah, what is the Lord saying in these, in these places? And, and that God is giving grace this Lent that he didn't give last Lent. Mm-hmm. But it's for a time such as this. And sometimes I think what we do is, I, we've, I perhaps we've said this before, but I, I don't remember where I read it. It's probably a, an amalgamation of many people think, saying it, but they said, you know, human beings are the only creatures who can compound their suffering because they can remember the past and project it onto the future. Mm-hmm. And so many times what we do is we project our past onto the, which is what we're doing in most of our, you know, many times in our relationships and kind of the, how we see the world. But, but so I'm wondering this Lent of where the Lord would like to start anew in this particular season of our life, where would he, where would he like to begin again? Where would he like to do a hard reset in our life? Where would he like to invite us into deeper intimacy and union? I, I think those are the questions that um, the Lord would like to invite us to. And, and all it is, is an invitation. Like Christ is da- baptized and he's led by the spirit into the desert where the desert is a forbidding place. There's no place to hide. There's no place of shade. It's, it's harsh. And, and so the Lord's leading us into these places, like, so you were saying, Heather, like our, our aisles are exposed mm-hmm. or the places where we hide, all the things that we stuff to try to save us other than God. What are the places with the Lord there in his, in his tenderness and his truth that he would like to, to bring us in the wholeness there? Mm-hmm. And letting Jesus lead. I love how you started the book, even with that. It's like, take him as your guide. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, often we let so many other things and people be our guide, whether it be like a self-help book or Oprah or whatever, whatever the thing is, the three-step thing that we're going to do to make our life better or make ourselves better, whatever it might be. And I'm like, we substitute Jesus as our guide and our leader 
like for a lot of other things, we just give that place over to a lot of other things and a lot of other voices, a lot of other people, sometimes ourselves, but to trust him to be our guide that as he leads us into the desert, that it's for our good, that there's good things there for us because he's there. (laughs) <laughs> the ultimate good. He's right there. You know, he's the one to be found. It's not just relief from our pain or healing or any of those things. Like he is the one to be found in the midst of this journey through the desert in Lent, which is, gosh, I mean, I need that reminder all the time. Like come back to the real meaning of it all. It's union with Jesus. And how how are we going to get there? Mm. Yeah. And I think for all of us in Lynn is, I think sometimes we make it harder than it is, needs to be. And it's really quite simple is how do we make space to get into the Lord's gaze? You know, one of the things that I think is powerful, one of the biggest gifts I think we have in the Catholic church is Eucharistic adoration. And so how do we get into his gaze, you know, and say, and ask him the questions, not like I was just telling them, my spiritual director, gave a little doozy last week. And he said, he said, you know, Michelle, you can't surrender and strategize at the same time. And I was like, well, darn, you know, okay, forget that. But I was thinking to myself, like, I just am more and more convicted of just being in his gaze, you know, especially in through the Eucharistic gaze and adoration, because when you're in his gaze, other things melt away. And like sister was saying, there's beautiful journal questions, journal, you know, ask the Lord questions, see if you can hear his response to you, you know, in your spirit, see if you can hear like, well, Lord, what do you desire for me? What do you, what do you want to restore in me? And I've been reading tons and tons of John of the cross lately. And it, there's this beautiful thing. It says, God's gaze works for blessings in the soul. And I love John of the cross because he always says her, he always refers to her soul, her soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, is he talking about me? Okay. <laughs> and so, um, of course like, he is. He has personally wrote it to me, you know, all those uh, hundreds of years ago. Yeah. It says, but it says God's gaze works for blessings in the soul. It cleanses the person. It makes her beautiful. It enriches her and enlightens her. And I just think those are four beautiful things, you know, it cleanses the person. It makes her beautiful. You know, it enlightens her. It enriches her. So how do we need to just lock eyes with him? And I think when we really see and really can see ourselves the way he sees us, that's just one of the most beautiful starting points of restoration. And that's where we can go forward and say, okay, because I think he wants us to journey with him in a powerful way this Lent. So we actually experience tangible resurrection in our lives in some way, shape or form when Easter Sunday comes. Amen, girl. Amen. Yeah, That's so we'll awesome. just continue to, yeah, ask the Lord to ask the Lord to bring us to these places. And just let's just see. Like, and we'll give ourselves permission just to start again if we need to start again. And whatever the Lord wants to do, just to allow our hearts to be to be seen by him there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, friends, any any last words here before we jump into our one things for the week? Yeah, I just yeah, just a thought. Maybe for some of us we just need to take a deep breath and let go of what we think we think we know about Lent. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. let it go. Let go of the pressure and all of that that we in the box checking that we may have even unknowingly be falling into. And to just remember this is about union with Jesus and how is God calling me to let go of some things and make space for him and repent, you know, to make room. Amen. Amen, friend. Yeah. Yeah. So Michelle, would you like to uh, share your one thing with our listeners this week, this first week of Lent? Um, My one thing is, and I think this is why I feel like I'm already kind of living Lent, not that this 
program is painful and it's not, but I've been doing the dig to the roots program with reform wellness and it has been amazing, but it has just been really, really great because they do such a beautiful job of rooting it in spiritual formation. And then you do the physical and wholeness part. So I really feel like it is showing me and we could probably talk about it later in the Lent series, just like what true Shalom is a wholeness and integration of body, mind, and soul, you know, and it's just been really good. But also I haven't been eating any gluten, any sugar, any, (laughs) I've been that way for a long time anyway, Mm. but I mean, it's really holding fast to that, but I realize how beautiful it has made room for the Lord to really move, you know, and it's brought a lot of things up, which is really good. So Mm. yeah, dig to the roots. I'll put it in the thing. Sister, what about you? Well, speaking of changing, so I had one thing. I'm going to have to change it in the notes. I had one thing that was going to be my one thing, but that'll be my one thing next week. So I, I, my one thing for the week is I listened to, I, the, we all love the Restore the Glory podcast with Heather, your husband, and Dr. Bob Schutz. And his, mm-hmm. their recent interview, they launched, well, I guess it's several, probably about a month ago now, with Archbishop Sample. Was that was so, so good. good. So good. You talk about vulnerability and willingness to change and to be transformed and I don't know if I, it's very rare that you hear an archbishop speak of his own personal story and his own personal woundedness and how he's willing to admit that affected how he loves his priest, how he serves as a priest. Like I was so proud of Archbishop Sample. It was just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I think it might be healing for hearts to hear an archbishop about that and his love for the priesthood and his love for his people and just his desire to continue on the healing journey. Like Jake says in the podcast, not so that our pain stops like that. It does help that, but Mm -hmm. so that we can love well. So mm-hmm. yeah, the Restore the Glory podcast, the episode with uh, Archbishop Sample that I certainly, I would like to offer that for our listeners as we begin Lent this week. It's, it's just really beautiful. That was a really good episode. They are knocking it out of they the park, are. honestly. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is so, so good. So good. Anyway, I'm proud of those guys. What about you, dear Heather? Yeah, so my one thing is... Um, a little while ago, I was in Spokane and went to a great women's conference, and that was wonderful. But just, it's it's hard to put into words. You could tell I'm stumbling around here. But just community and being with people was so life-giving. Seeing people's faces, like reconnecting. And I was just, it was so good for my heart and for my soul. And I was like, wow, Lord, like, I never want to take this for granted ever again. Like so many things have been stripped away in that regard, especially up here in Canada. But I was so grateful. I met up with some old friends that I've known for 30 years and we just got to spend time together. And I was, yeah, incredibly blessed and so grateful for that time. So, yep, that's my one thing for this week. Yeah. All right. Well, dear friends, here we go into the desert with the Lord who is leading us and who is protecting us and who is guiding us on this journey and who is speaking tenderly to our hearts. Uh, We will continue on our journey next week uh, with uh, our second uh, week in the series of of Lent and also our book restore. So you can find that on Ave Maria Press. You can find it on Amazon.com and where any books are sold. And you're welcome to come along with us on the journey. So here we go. So until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. 
We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as short videos, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. Thank you and God bless you.